Welcome to Downstream from Culture, the show where we take a look at the information space around us and try to help you make sense of the chaos. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. On this episode, we're taking a look at the changes in Twitter in the immediate aftermath of Elon Musk's purchase, including the wave of parody accounts that used the new verification system to cost corporations such as Eli Lilly and Lockheed Martin billions of dollars in market cap. We'll also be covering the U.S. midterm elections where, improbably enough, control is still up for grabs. And finally, we'll be covering the GOP Civil War. It's Trump versus the establishment once again. Will Ron DeSantis challenge Don for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? Thanks for tuning in. Let's get right to it. So, Jay, how did some prankster with $8 cost one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world $18 billion in market cap this week? It seems like it shouldn't be possible, right? Seems so. And until very recently, it was not possible. Uh, But Elon Musk has some ideas that are really, really bad. And (laughs) he has brought out all the pranksters. And, yeah, somebody got a fake quote-unquote verified account of Eli Lilly because it costs $8 now to be verified, quote-unquote verified on Twitter, which doesn't make any sense. But yeah, the fake, quote-unquote verified account tweeted out uh, that insulin is free now. Ooh. Yeah, and then people are like, huh, Eli Lilly exists, and wow, they charge a lot for insulin and did you realize how much insulin costs in other countries and why is Eli Lilly so shitty to diabetic people (laughs) and then when you see that the inventors of insulin sold their share of the patent for a dollar each wow that's some real bad press yeah and Elon's been trying to make a joke out of all this and posting through it and Oh, he's he's trying to justify all this while while uh, advertisers just leave in droves and say, "Hey, you're you're killing our brands here. It's not safe on Twitter anymore." And Eli Lilly's not the only company that got hit with this. Lockheed Martin, Nestle, Chiquita Banana. I mean, there were a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's just so easy. It's eight dollars. It's eight dollars to be quote unquote verified, and then you've got Twitter that they floated this second check mark that was official, and they floated it for honest to God, it was like three hours that it, somebody who worked for the company said, "Hey, we're doing this," and then random right wing troll tweeted at Elon and said, oh, this is, we're still second class citizens because we don't have the second check mark. And then Elon said, okay, we're getting rid of it. And then they got rid of it. And then two days later, it reappears because Eli Lilly and Chiquita (laughs) and Coke and all these companies, they, yeah, they called up Elon and were like, fuck you, buddy. Attorneys are going to be lined up at the courthouse first thing on Monday morning. And apparently the Washington Post approached Senator Ed Markey and got his permission to set up a fake account in his name using the Twitter, the new Twitter blue feature. That's what they're calling this, Twitter blue. And somehow, somehow this got verified as an official account. 
instead of the account that paid for the check mark. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't got... either until I looked this up today, and I was like, "Oh my wow. god!" So there's now three official Senator Markey accounts, and functionally, there's no difference between the imposter account and the senator's real account. Wow. And he has, of course, written a very, very stern letter to Elon to ask him how this could have happened, how they're going to stop him from happening in the future. Wow. But it might be a while because Elon let the entire communications department go in the last round of layoffs, so it might be a minute before they can spare anybody to go before Congress and grovel on this. But Yeah, we don't we don't even know who's left working at Twitter and we're not sure that Twitter knows. Right. People don't don't seem to know who their bosses are and they Twitter fired a bunch of people and then they tried to hire some of them back and did any of those people come back or it's it's such a mess. Even if you're contrarian and oh the MSM is is too focused on bashing Elon, okay, maybe they are, but he also deserves it. But really, it is a disaster. And it's yes. all his doing. It's all his doing. And I think people are now starting to wake up to just how much news was starting on Twitter. People think, and I've had people tell me this, like, oh, nobody's on Twitter anymore. Twitter is irrelevant. Twitter is not a thing people pay attention to anymore, except for all the people that help you decide what news you're going to see on whatever platform it is that you actually get your news from, because they're all on Twitter. They are. You can say it's elitist and you don't like it and all this, but without Twitter, the type of news, the topics, the stories that matter, so much of it would be different. And mm -hmm realistically worse the way the system works now news starts on twitter i'll give you it could be better and and maybe there's a way that it can be better but i think initially without twitter if twitter just goes away and there's no alternative it'll be worse because people aren't going to know how to get their news or how to collaborate mm -hmm. or how to understand what's important and what isn't even stuff like a topic like TikTok, okay? We, we've seen a lot about what TikTok has done wrong and poorly. This user data is getting sent back to China. They're not stopping election misinformation. They're real serious concerns about TikTok and whether it should even be allowed to exist in the United States. But that was a pretty fringe idea a year ago. And you will never hear that discussed on TikTok. <laughs> no, you will not. And... I think something like that that does matter, that is important, that everyone in this country should care about, it filtered from the fringe to a real story that even a, a good amount of people on the left, the last story I saw about the election misinformation problem on TikTok was at Media Matters. And six months ago, that would not happen. And nope. without Twitter, it doesn't happen. Nope. You know, Twitter's got flaws. Twitter's got a lot of flaws, and we've seen so many of them exposed in the wake of Elon's purchase of Twitter, but nothing else has the potential to reach as many people as quickly as this does. It is still the one platform where some absolute, utter, random nobody can walk up to almost anybody who has an account and potentially get a response to a question. 
I mean, we last week had a gentleman by the name of Matthew Tynan. Is that how we say the guy's last name? Tiermond. 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 Whenever he goes on Bannon's show, it's Tiermond. Tiermond. <laughs> this is a guy who goes on the Tucker Carlson show the night before in front of four million viewers and spews his spew. And then the next morning, he gets so upset about something a couple of randos said in an article about his time in Brazil that he has to go ahead and, and mention it. You know, yeah. it really, it levels the playing field. He called me a clown on Twitter. I know. He, that was he, amazing. You're right. It was it was the day after he was on mm-hmm. Tucker. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Just levels the playing field so much. I honestly think that something like this has to exist. Maybe not in its current form, but it wouldn't be the worst thing if the FTC came through and took it over. There are worse ideas at this point. If the choice is between having the whole thing go completely away which is a very real possibility at this point. And it is amazing how fast that happened. I saw, I try to read a variety of sources, topics, whatever. So I read Barry Weiss and fine. She's, she's definitely on the right and she's taken some stances I don't agree with, but I, I think it's important to see what the, uh, the different viewpoints that are out there. But honestly, when, when Twitter was purchased by Elon, she was happy. she, she published an op-ed from somebody who talked about the the liberal left-wing bias of Twitter and Elon's going to make it better and all these things. And it's now been two weeks and I, I saw an email coming in my inbox and it was from, from her site saying, if Twitter dies. And <laughs> it's been two weeks. Yeah, that's where we're at. One of my favorite journalists, Michael Edison Hayden, was asking for bets the other day on how long he thinks it's going to last. And I put in December 1st and I felt very, maybe I'm being a little optimistic about that with the way things are going right now. We are seeing it sort of fall apart in real time. And honestly, you, you got to think that Elon is considering right now if somebody will buy it for him and he takes a 25, 30 billion dollar loss they're stuck and then they're stuck he he might just take it really Mm -hmm. he can i know he's posting through it and oh it's lol and twitter's users are up and things are exciting and it's fun he's hemorrhaging money he he, Uh uh-huh he's a disaster he can kind of uh, list off a bunch of platitudes about free speech and how he's going to make it better but but specifically, policy-wise, he has no fucking idea what he's doing. And it's so obvious to anyone mm-hmm. who's paying attention with a pulse. It, it's just, it's right there in front of us. He can't even do the free speech part. Last no. night, he, he clamped down an article from Mediaite that was just basically making fun of him. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. I Fuck. did. They Fuck. censored a, amazing. A, an article that said he's doing nothing right. I mean, it, that was it. There was nothing offensive in that article. It was one word. All the things Elon Musk is doing right at Twitter. Click. <laughs> nothing. Click. And, and Mediaite is a perfectly normal website. It's There's nothing really objectionable there. No. It's, it's fairly tame and objective, and it's not. It's just nothing. Right. And all of a sudden, like, I get a comment, I post it, I, I think I'm going to be funny, and I repost it with, this is a fair and balanced look at how Elon's doing, I think you uh-huh. should read it, and I get this response like, says that's a bad site. 
It's an I'm unsafe like, link. What? Unsafe link? What? <laughs> oh my god! Take a joke, dude. Seriously. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But right now, it's not looking great. Speaking of not looking great, um, if you're a Republican, let's talk a little about the midterms. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> it's a little soon, right? Yeah. Too soon? Too soon? Oh. Where's my red wave, Ma? Right. <laughs> Didn't happen. United States midterms were held on November 8th, 2022. It is November 12th, and we don't know who's going to control the House, but we know that the Republicans are not going to take the Senate. Almost every wah, poll wah. and pundit predicted a red wave of Republican victories from coast to coast. However, the red wave has yet to materialize, and this point doesn't look like it's coming this year. The state of Florida went very heavily GOP, but this was offset by massive Democratic victories in Michigan and Colorado and Pennsylvania. How did everyone, almost everyone, miss the mark on this so badly? Well, the current right-wing cope is the ballot harvesting did it. They've channeled their inner Dinesh D'Souza with his documentary 2000 mules, which we're going to spare you too much of that. But this idea that there's this mass ballot harvesting problem and Democrats are just going around and handing out ballots from, I guess it's old senile people or disinterested voters who all apparently happen to be Democrat. I'll put it this way. If Democrats are somehow only finding Democrats to ballot harvest from, and they're specifically asking people that they're going to take the votes from and hand them off so that people don't have to do anything. If that's really what's happening, where's Project Veritas? Where's where's Great the point. deep cover sting of the Democrats going to these houses and saying, hey, we'll give you a ballot if you're voting Democrat? Yeah, you'd think that old James O'Keefe would have been in on that by now. That's kind of his bread and butter. And exactly. so far, crickets. I think a lot of it just has to do with the idea that they have spent the last couple of years just completely shitting on the idea of mail-in voting. And they'll tell you that themselves, you know, patriots vote on game day, patriots <laughs> vote on game day. And it just, I live in a vote by mail state. Washington's been vote by mail since God knows when. And we don't have problems with it here. Everybody puts their ballot in a drop box and we generally know pretty quickly after it's over who won these things and... Yeah, there just there haven't been any significant cases of fraud in this state, regardless of what Lauren Culp wants to tell you. There haven't been significant cases of fraud anywhere, really, despite all the claims. Pretty safely assume Tennessee is not a heavy mail-in ballot state, but there's a lot of early voting here. There's a lot of very easy early voting. That's what I did, and the wait was there was one man in front of me. I was I was <laughs> in and out in less than 10 minutes. I mean, it was really easy, really simple. There was early voting, I think, for at least two and a half weeks. And it was, oh, I want to say they, they opened at nine or 10 and they were open till 5.30 or six. I could vote on election day, but why? It's it's real easy. Yeah, I think making voting easier is it's great. But you look at Republicans and actually what the base is and there's a lot of whining on the right from, about mail-in voting, but you're telling all all of your voters, all of your Republican voters, that they have to go vote on election day, or that's more safe and secure, and all mm-hmm. this. But a lot of these people, they don't have the easiest time getting off work. These are working class people. Mm-hmm. 
it's real difficult in a lot of cases to get to the poles between, you know, say eight and eight o'clock, especially if you're dealing with like huge lines. Sometimes yeah. people have two jobs. They have to work a second shift, can't get there. They're shutting down polling places. This is where the strategy of making it harder for people to vote seems to have come back and completely bitten them in the ass. Yeah, they made it harder for their own people. Why? Why? It's just, it's illogical. Who could have seen this coming? Right. And in 2020, part of the reason they made it a thing is because of COVID and because they were so anti-lockdown and everything and Democrats just want to get you out of the shops and out of the real world and they want to lock you down forever and they made all those weird insinuations about what was happening in Australia and people are being sent to camps and then you <laughs> saw people <laughs> posting pictures of themselves at the camps and it looked like a resort and they were poolside in bikinis and I've seen worse. And, yeah, they, they were they were doing okay so it's like this they it's again they got so focused on on their culture war bs and and so they they made mail-in voting this big boogeyman for them but it's like hey maybe you should rethink that and i'm fine if they don't want to but this is their big excuse for losing and it's it's a thing that they absolutely completely did to themselves so mm -hmm. ooh maybe ballot harvesting costs the election but that's like saying that my anti-abortion stance cost me the election like well yeah you made a conscious choice to to push an unpopular opinion and and good for you for taking fire. a stand for what you believe in and that's how it works sometimes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> vote your conscience, I guess, but that's guess. where you are. You know, I mean, I could see it if you were reading the polls because it seems like they made a conscious effort to get some polls in there that would definitely support the idea that they were going to do really well. And now you look back and realize that a lot of those polls turned out to be not exactly accurate. If the red wave is coming, then why vote at all? Right. I think they banked on this idea that we're going to tell Democrats they're going to lose and then Democrats won't vote. But... Maybe you also overplayed your hand because Republicans thought this red wave was inevitable. So how many Republicans didn't go out and vote? And maybe they would have voted. Maybe they would have mailed it in if you told them that that was acceptable. But if they can't get off work or the line is two hours or it's a big hassle, it's sometimes it's hard to get in there on Election Day. And if you're going to win anyway, why bother? And, you know, I'm a little dubious about how much how much influence some of these so-called influencers in social media on Twitter have when it comes to this kind of thing. But it's pretty hard to overlook the idea that most of the message coming out of the Democratic social influencers the last two weeks of the campaign was go vote. Yeah. You look at Brooklyn Dad, you look at all of these other people, and you're seeing go vote, go vote, go vote. And you look at Cat Turd, and it's ha-ha, hammer fight, Paul Pelosi. And verify me, Elon. Yeah, yeah, give me my check mark. And and honestly, we've been hard on those people in the past when felt like they were just virtue signaling and and just out there for clicks and influence and all this. But yeah, you're right. You, there were there were people on the left that that believed, and mm -hmm. I thought it was we were wrong. We we thought it was misguided, misplaced. Maybe it was some cope, but it it was it was humbling. I think for us to to see that. Yeah, these people that were saying go vote and ignore the polls and uh, all this, it seemed illogical. It seemed wrong. It seemed 
like some cope, but they were right. Are they grifters? Maybe. But they definitely seem to serve at least somewhat of a purpose at times like this. At least they can all get on the right page and do something useful with themselves, at least come election time. Whereas the right-wing narrative just was, ha-ha, Paul Pelosi. They weren't saying go vote. They maybe... Didn't see it? I I didn't see it at all. Honestly, maybe it was in a tweet I missed. Maybe there was one tweet out of 50, because you know Poso's over there doing 100 tweets a day. Mm -hmm. So maybe on his morning shift, there was one go vote, but man, it was really lost in the shuffle. No. He sure wasn't pushing it. Not the same way. Not not the way they were pushing. They had they had their narrative, and it was not about go voting, not at all. It was about hashtag DHS leaks, not vote red. It was mm-hmm. Paul Pelosi and the hammer, and DHS leaks, and Elon. E- oh, Elon, we love you. Yeah. So, in the wake of the disappointing showing by the GOP, people pointed a lot of fingers. So, a lot of the fingers got pointed at former President Donald Trump who was responsible for some of the more polarizing candidates that came out of the GOP primaries, but didn't seem to be able to translate that success into general election wins. The Murdoch media machine was especially hard on him with uh, Fox and the New York Post all stating with various degrees of vitriol that he should stand down in 2024. And of course, Trump being Trump fired back in a series of truths on his social media site, Truth Social, where he eviscerated people he considered to be disloyal and traitors. We've got people taking sides. Who's coming out ahead? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) I think we are on the same page in terms of we we think it's going to be Trump. You you do have more than Trump. You have have McCarthy and Scalise. You have kind of the, the Charlie Kirk's TPUSA, Bannon world, Bannon sphere that's over there still begging for influence or demanding it, whatever it is. You've you've got McConnell out there saying, oh, it was Trump that cost us this election, not my decision to spend decades trying to overturn Roe v. Wade and then making a pact with the devil, the devil being Donald Trump, and (laughs) getting these three Supreme Court justices on the bench who would be all for overturning Roe v. Wade. So I I think it's It's very clear that there's a lot of blame to go around. There's certainly reason for the GOP to think the DeSantis model can work, but I'm not sold on the idea that DeSantis really can take his brand of politics nationally. And if Trump is still alive, because that's honestly all it takes, and maybe he gets indicted, but he's still running. I, I, I just think the... The cult around Trump is strong and it's not going away. It's going to be real hard for anybody to overtake him. It's a real damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation. You've got this guy who is absolutely not going to take it lying down if he doesn't somehow get the nomination. He is going to, one might almost say, start a big fire on his way out the door. He is going to throw everything he can at anybody who dares to challenge him, be it Ron DeSantis or somebody else on the way up to the conventions. Well, let's, let's be honest. Mike Pence might be running. So there's, (laughs) there's a real, there's a real contender right there. And then you've got your, 
your Nikki Haley's and your Mike Pompeo's. Maybe maybe Chris Christie will throw his hat into the ring. Oh, oh come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there still might be Ted Cruz might be feeling it or Marco Rubio. Oh, they you know they want to be president, but it come just on. didn't work out for them. It's going to be Trump. And if it's not Trump, it's going to be DeSantis. DeSantis with a really pissed off Donald Trump behind him. That's Well, yeah, yeah. I, I just, Trump is going to burn it to the ground. If they don't give it to Trump, then I think DeSantis would be foolish to try. I think he's a smart guy. And, and whether you like him or not, I, I don't think the man is dumb. And I think if he looks at the way things are right now, Trump won't let him win. It's either Trump's or it's no one's. And he's shown time and time again that he's fine with that. You know, and I just saw a tweet about an hour ago from Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. And I think that's another guy that I could somehow see, you know, he's pretty young. He's, I think, 43. Young enough that he could definitely make a run at it in 2028. Yeah. His quote is, the old party is dead. Time to bury it build something new. And I don't think he's entirely wrong because I'm just not sure how you get past this dilemma that they've got right now named Donald Trump. I don't see how yeah. they do it. In 2028, Trump is, he's either going to be dead or too old or ineligible to run. Yeah. Let's just be honest. I'm not, not making a no judgment or saying I have a preference there. That's just the reality this is his last shot so if you're if you're ron DeSantis and if, if you're anyone who wants on the right who wants to be president someday i think they should get out of the way because mm -hmm. trump is going to have his last hurrah and it is terrifying and if he actually does win it's it's very concerning what that's going to look like and i'm not saying it's impossible it's not but it's not impossible no. at all but I think it's a real uphill struggle for him to win in 2024. He's got a lot more baggage. He's got a lot of really, really disaffected Republicans at this point. I can't see them all kind of coming home on this. I can see a lot of them saying, well, it's a lost cause. Let's stay home, teach him a lesson. How is Trump going to sway anyone even remotely independent in the middle? How is he going to convince them, oh, yeah, this this is the time, yeah, Oh, you're you're on the fence politically. Oh yeah, this is the movement. My absolute batshit election denial. Still, you know he's gonna talk about 2020 just all the time and never let it go. And you know he's gonna talk about deep state and the press are the enemy. And he's gonna promise all sorts of revenge and grievance. And and if he gets elected, he is coming after people. It is gonna be nonstop. Yep. Just. Absolutely. Yeah, tearing it down and going after everyone that's that's on the list that he's got tucked away somewhere. And honestly, let's let's be real here. I I think we're on the list. I don't think we're at the top or anywhere near the top, but if there's a list out there of of enemies that need to be targeted, we're on it. Yeah, and it's it's coming. And it's scary. And I don't want to live in that world. I don't want my kids to live in that world. And the way we don't live in that world is by getting out there and doing the work to make sure that world doesn't happen. Yeah. We keep educating people. We keep telling them, hey, this is bad and you should be concerned and you should definitely not vote for this because it's going to hurt a lot of people who don't deserve any of it. And that's not the country we want to live in. Nope. But I do think... 
don't know about you, but after these these midterm results, which, yeah, like I said, I am surprised at how well Democrats did. I think there's definitely hope for all of us that, yeah, our country doesn't want to be this way. It is rejecting some of the some of the hate and vitriol and divisiveness that Republicans have been pushing and been ignoring and and maybe kind of laughing about in the back room. I think people came out and voted their conscience and said, this is not us. This is not who we are. This is not who we want our kids to be. So yeah, I, I think I think there's reason to say that we can beat this thing. I, I do think it's probably going to be Trump. And even if it's somehow DeSantis, I think it's to even have a chance, DeSantis is going to have to be very Trump-like. And that future needs to be rejected, too. Mm-hmm. So We don't need another one of those. We've seen what this looks like. We're better than this. And we proved it. People proved it. Mm-hmm. And damn, I'm proud of them. Me proud too. of you. People who went out there and voted and said, I don't care about the polls. Whether you're voting for Democrats or against Republicans, you, you rejected what they're slinging. And good for you. Indeed. That is huge, and it's a great step towards having that future that we all want to see. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza, B-J-J, G-R-Z-A, B-J-J, as well as Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.